Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Witness Lee completed his comprehensive work called the Life Study of the Bible before going to be with the Lord in 1997, and we are pleased to bring you recorded excerpts from the Life Study of Colossians on today's broadcast. Now, let's join today's Life Study. Here's a question for you to ponder. What is the mystery of God? Well, how many endless philosophical discussions, how many thousands of pages of mystical speculation have been prompted by such a thought? Yet the Bible answers this question with a single word. The mystery of God is Christ. Colossians 2.2 says that their hearts may be comforted, they being knit together in love and unto all the riches of the full assurance of understanding, unto the full knowledge of the mystery of God, Christ. Francis Ball has joined us as we consider not only this mystery, but how we can experience Christ as the mystery of God. Welcome back to the program, Francis. Thank you very much, Chris. I'm really anticipating seeing this mystery brought into our experience. That is the part we're at today. We've spent a couple of programs looking at the mystery from, I would say, afar. Uh, Today it gets very practical and very experiential. In fact, this message is titled, Experiencing Christ as the Mystery of God. One of the key points we're going to look at today, Francis, has to do with our loving the Lord and how our love for him deeply impacts uh, how and to what degree we experience him. The Bible says a lot about loving the Lord, doesn't it? It certainly does. In the Old Testament, you have this matter of loving God in such a way that your whole heart, your whole soul, your whole mind, your whole strength— is to love him. And uh, Mark repeats this in chapter 12 in Mark. He says, we must love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength. That means our whole being must love the Lord. This surely affects how we experience the Lord. If we love him just because he died for us, took our sins away, and now we're safe and secure, that's one degree of love, but I would say a very superficial and low degree of love. It's not the kind of love that we see exemplified in the New Testament, especially in the book that we're dealing with right now in Colossians. But I just feel that this matter of loving the Lord is basic to our experience. How much we love Him is how much we will experience Him, and how much we love Him depends on how well we know this mystery of God, which is Christ. This is really a fascinating verse, Francis. Uh, We've got these two bookends, I guess we could look at it that way, incorporated into this one verse. We have our love being knit together in love, which is not a deep, hard-to-comprehend concept on one end of the verse. And on the other end of the verse, we have the mystery of God, the mystery hidden from the ages. So I think it's the linkage here that is going to be very enlightening for all of us today as we really probe experiencing Christ as the mystery of God. Yes, I think... uh The real secret is the degree of love. The more we know him, the more we love him. And uh, the fact is that so many Christians know Christ as a Savior, 
But it's just like uh, I think you had on the program previously a little story about a mother giving her grown daughter a diamond ring. The one who received the gift really appreciated the diamond, but the little sister loved the wrapping and the box. And I think this is an experience many have had. They loved the wrapping, the box, but they really didn't appreciate the diamond that's in the box. Well, the diamond in the box is the mystery of God, Christ. So the more we appreciate him, the more we will be centered on him and the more we'll experience him. That's a good lead into our first section. Let's join Witness Lee. When we were young, we were taught to love Jesus. Even now, we have a little song in our uh, hymnal, Oh, how I love Jesus, something like this. (laughs) Well, (laughs) the little ones all can sing such a hymn. We also learn to sing that hymn, Jesus loves me, this I know. Well, that is too, too superficial. You cannot say that is according to the full knowledge. Okay, for you to know him to the full knowledge as the mystery of God, you need your whole being to get in. For this purpose, I would strongly recommend you to uh, study three books in the Bible, in New Testament, Matthew, John, and Hebrew. I recommend you strongly to these three books, Matthew, John, and Hebrew. I do believe by the Lord's mercy, He has already given us some wonderful messages on those three books. If you would get into these three books, I tell you, these three books will give you quite amount of knowledge concerning Christ. In those two Gospels, Matthew and John, are mostly the word of Christ recorded. You must get into those words. And then Hebrew, if anyone who has never got into the book of Hebrew, I don't think he can have a full knowledge of Christ. To have a full knowledge of Christ, you need to get into these three books. Even you got into these three books, you may not think that you have the full knowledge of him. But anyhow, these three books help you. You must get into these three books, into the full knowledge of the mystery of God, that is Christ. Francis, this is our second message uh, dealing with loving Christ. And this uh, story you quoted in our introduction today about the mother bringing home the uh, prize diamond in the marvelous little box, and the little girl, of course, right away is taken with the box, and the big girl appreciates the diamond. I think this is uh, very similar to what he's talking about in this portion right here, particularly referring us to these three books of Matthew, John, and Hebrews. The point of that story, as you were relating it, is that the degree to which we appreciate Christ 
will determine how much we love him. How do these three books help us in this full understanding and full appreciation of Christ? You know, it's amazing that Brother Lee would mention in this message these particular three books. They are really, uh, I would say, foundational for the growing of our appreciation of who Christ is as the mystery of God. Who would dream that such a book as Matthew would be one that he would uh, point out to know Christ in such a way? But that book really deals with Christ as the king and bringing in the kingdom of the heavens. And this brings us into a realm of knowing Christ in his authority and in his present reality. It deals so much with the kingdom of the heavens in the reality of what that life is that's lived in that kingdom and also exposes the appearance and brings us into the realization or the prophecy concerning the manifestation of the kingdom, which is yet to come. But Matthew is not a book just about what's to come. It's about Christ and how he can be experienced day by day. And then, of course, John, and everybody knows the book of John is so uh, wonderful and such a good introduction to Christ. But so many stop with just chapter 3, but many of them even miss chapter 1. That chapter really gives you a summary of the whole book. It begins with life, And it ends with building, that one chapter. So it really shows you the whole spectrum of what Christ is doing in our experience today to give us life and to build us up with others. And then, of course, Hebrews brings us a picture and a realization and an understanding of Christ as our high priest. He's uh, presented as the greater than this and greater than that. He's greater than the old covenant. He's greater than Moses. He's greater than Aaron. All these things just show us Christ much, much more than ordinarily is realized about this wonderful one, Jesus Christ. I was going to say, Francis, the uh, the first two books, uh, Matthew and John, of course, easily I think everyone would recognize John, a book that uh, introduces us to Christ in his person and uh, in life, in the realm of life. Matthew is a little harder to see in this context, but you did it very well bringing out the aspect of the kingship and the kingdom. Uh, really introducing us to Christ the King. But Hebrews is a lot more uh, obscure, I think, to many readers. Uh, I appreciate the points you pointed out that really shows the superiority of Christ, doesn't it, uh, compared to any of these things, any of the great figures of the Bible, even the angels, of course, are uh, subordinate to him in this book. Yes, everything is uh, less than he is. He is all in all. Well, we should take his recommendation. We've had our life studies uh, completed uh, on the radio of these three books, and so we would recommend our listeners can uh, call us and find out about those past programs. They're available also on our uh, website. We'll get to that at the end of the program. Why don't we go back to Witness Lee for portion number two today. First of all, you need such a knowledge. Then to receive him. You may say you have received him already. You don't need to do it again. That's right. You don't need to do it again. But you have to apply what you have received. I must tell you, out of 1,000 real Christians who have really received Christ, not 10 who do apply the very Christ whom they have received already. They have received Christ, but they don't apply the very Christ they have received. Now, we all must practice one thing that we have to apply the present Christ, the practical Christ. We have to apply the living Christ. We have to apply him. 
In other words, in a very common word, we have to use him. We have to use him. You must try how to use Christ. It is not so easy. I sure know this. Oh, even up to now, I've been learning how to use Christ. Over 50 years, still I'm learning. Still I'm learning. Day by day, I'm still learning how to use Christ. Why? Because we were born in a way not to use Christ. And we were educated. And we were raised up. We have grown up in a way not to use Christ. I tell you, to you and me today, the hardest thing is to learn how to use Christ. How to apply Christ. Maybe you think you have heard so much from the messages. You think you just can easily apply Christ. To live Christ, to grow Christ, to produce Christ. You try it. In your daily life, if you are not on the alert, I tell you, out of a sudden, in everything, you just use yourself. Yourself is just there. Because it has been so hard for me to learn how to apply Christ. I learned we need to watch and pray. We need to watch and pray. Early in the morning, after you wake up, be watchful. Don't open your mouth to say anything without applying Christ. Practice the Lord's word. Watch and pray. Be watchful and pray. Be on the alert. You can check out of 1,000 Christians, I doubt really one or two daily practice this. Practice what? Practice the watching and the praying that in everything they apply Christ. Every day I made a lot of confessions to the Lord. Mostly not confessions of any sins, of any mistakes. But nearly all the confessions are of what? Of the failure to apply Christ. We have to apply whom we have received. Yes, we have received Christ, but we have to apply Him. Francis, uh, probably to most people this is an unusual expression, to apply Christ. I don't think uh, we often think of Him in those terms, something or someone that we need to apply or use. But in one way, all believers have experienced this, that is applying Christ, at least the historical Christ. And that, of course, is applying the Christ who was on the cross for our redemption, our salvation. But applying the present, the living, the practical Christ day to day, this is another matter altogether, isn't it? It certainly is uh, another matter, but it's not another in nature. We receive Christ by applying him as our Savior. But We had not much realization that he's really in us to be everything to us. And in everything, we need to apply him. He mentions about waking up in the morning, you know, and that just seemed like so many thoughts come crowding in. But we shouldn't do anything or say anything without applying Christ. Now, it seems like that's uh, using him kind of like an instrument, but that's not it at all. He's in us as our life. We simply turn to him. That's applying him. We call upon him, and as he mentioned, we watch and pray. That doesn't mean that we don't do anything physically, 
But it means while we're doing everything, we're applying Christ. We're applying another life that's in us to live by that life in everything that we do. This would be and is a marvelous thing if we learn to practice it. I just feel like, brother, we've hit on something here that is so crucial for God accomplishing his purpose with his people on the earth that we learn to apply Christ. He used the term, use Christ. Uh, That may be misunderstood. We don't use him just like a servant to do things for us. But we use the very life that's in us instead of using our natural life to do everything. Yeah, and that's the key, I think, what you just put your finger on, Francis. We use that life that's in us instead of uh, the natural life that is so habitual for us to do uh, everything, whether we're serving God or, or taking care of a secular task. It doesn't seem to matter. That's our default setting. And his whole point here is that we need to have a new default, don't we? That's right. Well, Francis, we've got one section left. This section brings us to verse 7 in chapter 2 in this sequence of verses, chapter uh, 2, verses 1 through 9. Verse 7 says, Having been rooted and being built up in him and being established in the faith, even as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. It's these two words, these two portions of the phrase at the beginning, being rooted and being built up that we want to look at in this last section. Let's go back to Witness Lee. Paul says, having been rooted and being built up in him, in verse 7. Having been rooted and being built up in him. You have to realize, to be built up is not just a matter of life, not an individual matter. But this is a matter corporate. By yourself, you cannot be built up. Any kind of building is not just one piece of material. The proper building is always with many materials. So, this indicates what? Having been rooted, that is in Christ. And being built up, this is in the church. We must see the apostle's point. That is, oh, Colossians, you shouldn't be distracted from Christ, neither should you be distracted from the church. You all have been rooted in Christ, and now you are being built up in the church. So forget about all the Judaistic observances and the heathen ordinances and all the other philosophies. Why? Because if you take these things right away, you transplant yourself from Christ, and right away you give up the church life. You don't care for the church life. Why? Because when you receive the philosophies, you divide yourself from those who do not receive the same kind of philosophy. When you accept and practice certain Judaistic observance, you practice, others would not. So what? So the church life is just annulled. No church. Some wouldn't pay a bit of attention to the church. They had no doubt about the church. So they are through with the building up. We have been rooted in him. That is in Christ. And now we are being built up in him. Actually, it is in the church. To be rooted is in Christ. To be built up is in the church. Christ and the church. It is here 
in Christ and in terms that we experience Christ as the mystery of God. Francis, I'm happy that we've saved at least a little bit of time here at the end because this is a point that needs some development to fully get into. On one hand, our Christian life begins by our personal faith, by our personal receiving Christ as our Savior. This is very clear. And this is the rooting or being rooted in him that is being spoken of in this verse. On the other hand, there's also the matter of the building up. And the context for this has to be the church life. His last word was something like, to be rooted is in Christ, to be built up is in the church. It is here in Christ and in the church that we experience Christ as the mystery of God. Francis, let's talk about this, because it's not just by going to church that we experience him as the mystery of God, but by being built up in the church, and there's a difference, isn't there? Yes, there is a big difference here, because, of course, when we receive Christ as our Savior and our Lord and our life, he came into us, and we got rooted. But then the process begins to build us up. God didn't just save individuals to be individually uh, uh, saintly and to be... uh, individually perfect even. But he saved us as individuals to root us in Christ. And then he wants to build us up. And this takes others. Actually, it takes all the believers to really be built up. So we like to be built up with others. There's a process that we're going through now. And if we get distracted from this basic thing of Christ being our foundation, our ground, our oneness, everything centers in Christ. If we get distracted to other things, and uh, to my knowledge, uh, much of this distraction is still very much going on among Christians. They're distracted even to angels. And this was dealt with by this very book, Colossians. This was a distraction for the Colossian Christians. We shouldn't have these kind of distractions. We should know that God is wanting to build us up. His whole purpose in putting his life into us is to build us up by that life so that we are really one testimony for him on the whole earth. What a wonderful thing when Christians are built up to express this glorious mystery. Even Paul in Ephesians says, I speak concerning Christ and the church. This is the great mystery. Yes, and that is uh, part two of the mystery is really found in the book of Ephesians. I'm looking forward to our life study that's coming in some months, our life study of Ephesians. This was a high point, I would say, in this whole life study experience that spanned these 21 years when Witness Lee touched the book of Ephesians. Together with books like Colossians, uh, the light that came was just unfathomable, really, tremendous. Francis, I was appreciative of how you spoke at the end here. The things that distracted the Colossians were not so much evil, sinful, worldly things. It was things like culture and philosophy and these uh, rituals and practices of the older religion that had crept in. And these became the frustration to the building up because they separated the believers from their focus on Christ. And this needs to be what we are on guard regarding today, doesn't it? Yes, it does. And if we don't get to know Christ as the mystery of God we will surely be distracted. But if we get to know him in this deep way, nothing can distract us and nothing can stop us from being built up. A very enjoyable program and enjoyable fellowship as always. Thank you, Francis, and come back again very soon. Thank you very much. We're out of time. Uh, I mentioned earlier in the program the website, uh, and the reason that we mentioned it, we were talking about Matthew, John, and Hebrews, and those completed life studies that we have been able to produce for radio. And all of those past programs are archived for you at our website, our radio website, which is www.lsm.org. 
And from there, just follow the link to radio, and it will take you to all of the past archive programs, and you can uh, check those out. We also have the printed life study messages from all of these books available. And uh, we would invite you to call us about that. Our toll-free number, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Our mailing address is Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. And our email address, radio at lsm.org. Thank you for being with us today. We hope that you'll come back tomorrow for another life study from the Book of Colossians. For Francis Ball today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you again for listening. In Colossians, Paul uses a number of special terms for Christ. The portion of the saints, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Colossians reveals that Christ is profound and all-inclusive. The all-inclusive Christ transcends our understanding. Our need is to be infused, saturated, and permeated with Him until, in our experience, Christ is everything to us, our food, our drink, our feasts, our holy days, our Sabbath, our new moon, our everything. We must not allow anything to replace Christ or to be a substitute for Him. The printed Life Study of Colossians is available in a three-volume set with a total of 65 messages. To order, call 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That number again is 1-888-543-3788. 